When you get in the presence of God, you used to see things one way. But all of a sudden, after time with him, after hearing from him, after his word being poured in you, you're going, wait a second. I'm having a perspective shift here. And what used to look so big, I'm comparing it now to my great bigger God. And this thing doesn't look near as big as it used to. You're seeing it, not only, not only seeing the problem, now you're seeing it the way he sees it, which is a shift. This is what you need church for. This is what we need to create an atmosphere of faith for. Before we ever opened the doors on day one of this church, our vision for this place was to create such an atmosphere of faith that somebody could come in off the street facing an impossible situation and they just step into this atmosphere. Not even having anybody say something specific about what's going on in their life. Nobody saying, do this, turn this key, take that step. No, they just come into an atmosphere of faith and all of a sudden they go, wait a second, it can be done. Wait a second, it's not too big. It's not too big for my God, which means it's not too big for me. That's what happens when you come into an atmosphere like this, full of faith, full of love. You see things differently. Now the reason I bring this up, or I should say I believe the Lord's bringing this up, specifically concerning the season that we're in right now, celebrating Christmas, is never had there been a more impossible situation. Mankind, we had gotten ourselves into a mess. And the condition we were in was not the will of God for us, but to rescue us out of it, we were going to need a Savior. And the Savior had to be a man but he was going to have to be born of incorruptible seed and not corruptible seed. So how do you do that? Well, go back to the book of Luke chapter 1 with me. And we're going to read several verses around in this. But look at what the angel of the Lord said to Mary in verse 37. After, after Gabriel had told her what was coming, prophesied to her about Jesus being born. In verse 37, listen to what the angel said. For with God, what? Nothing will be impossible. What makes an impossible thing possible? It's being with God on it. Now, there's something we need to add to this right here. There is a pretty common misconception, I think, about God. I don't think you could find a self-proclaimed Christian anywhere in the world that would disagree with the statement that nothing's too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. But there's a misconception, I think, in that, that just because all things are possible, I think people have taken that to mean all things are easy. Are you hearing me? They think, well, with God, all things are possible, which means all things are easy. And I get why people would say that. You know, we've already talked about it. He's got strength that doesn't run out. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't faint and so on. But yet you see things through the scriptures that actually required what the Bible called the working of his mighty power. Does that sound like it was easy? Does that sound like it was just 
nonchalant, just another day in heaven? No. To raise Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, required the working of his mighty power. So all things are possible doesn't necessarily mean all things are easy. So what would make something hard for God? Now we know there's nothing too hard, but what would make it hard for God? If he's got all this strength, all this power, all this endless ability, what is it that would make something hard for God? Well, things aren't hard because, you know, Satan's so powerful. No, that's not it. The Bible says that Jesus cast out demons with the finger of God. God's got more power in his pinky than Satan has in his entire being and all his demons and whatever. So things are, wouldn't be hard for God because, you know, the enemy is strong. What could make something hard for God? The only thing I think that could make anything hard for God is that he requires our cooperation. And that has proven to be, at times, a near impossibility throughout human history. For him to do anything in our lives or in the earth, it requires human participation and cooperation. It requires people who are willing to lay themselves aside to empty themselves of their own will, to do what he wants, to do it how he wants, to do it where he wants and when he wants. And finding people like that, I think, has proven to be a very difficult job for God. What makes something hard for God? He needs you and I to cooperate. The angel said to Gabriel, for with God... Nothing will be impossible. I want to get back to that in just a second. Back up. And let's look at the beginning of this chapter, chapter Luke chapter 1. Just start in verse 5. I want to read several verses here. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughters of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both Righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense. And when he went into the temple, then he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10, the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. So we're about to find out what Zacharias and his wife have been praying about, what they've been asking God for. He said, Your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son... And you'll call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he'll turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. 
He'll go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, glory to God, this is exactly what we've been believing God for. He, I knew he'd do it. I had 100% confidence in my God. What did he say? Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? In other words, how's this going to be? I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Let me put this another way for you. This is way too hard. This is too hard. How is this possible? This is, this is impossible. But what Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Actually, the Amplified Bible of that translation or that verse says, there's nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. What's Zacharias saying to the angel? This is too hard and it's too wonderful. The whole thing started with your prayer's been heard. This is what they've been praying for. And yeah, maybe they've been praying a long time. Maybe they started praying when they were younger folks and now they're older. But because of that little change in life, what's he decided? This is too hard. This is too wonderful. It's impossible. Here's the question I want to ask you this morning. God is with us, but are you with him? Because that's what makes it possible. Because up until this point, Zacharias is not with God on this. Now, God's with him. He's heard the prayer. He's ready to answer it. But this response to this seeming impossibility proves God may be with him, but he's not yet with God on this. Are you following? Now, if you skip ahead and get down into verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is... Come on, church. The Lord is what? With you. So what do you know? If the Lord's with her, there's about to be an impossibility made possible. This is one of the first things that happens when the Lord is with somebody. He said, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now you know what happened to Zacharias. He asked a question because it seemed impossible. Do you remember? We didn't read it. But if you go back, the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. Read it for yourself. I came from the presence of the Lord. I came with a word. In other words, you talking to me? <laughs> now, Mary asked a question, and she didn't get in trouble. But Zacharias asked a question, and he got in trouble. And the angel said, as a matter of fact, you are going to be mute to the day your son is born. And he was. 
He did not say a word until the baby was born and when everybody wanted to know the baby's name and they were going to call him after the name of his father. And Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. And they said, there's nobody in your family named John. They said, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. So they went to Zacharias and said, what's the baby's name? Tell us what his name is. He asked for a pen and paper and he wrote down John. And as soon as he got with God on it, his mouth opened up. And I've been asking the Lord, what's the difference? Mary asked you a question and you were good with that. Zacharias asked you a question and you shut him up for nine months. And, and I don't know that the scripture really spells this out plainly for us. But I will say this. He should have known better. He's already been praying for this. He's a man of God who's got experience with God, who knows God, who knows the word. He should have known better. Amen. Well, Mary asks a question. How can this be? What's she saying? This sounds impossible. And it would be, right? To get pregnant for a woman, to be pregnant without a man. How would that be possible? Well, with men, it's impossible. In the presence of men, as men look at it, it's impossible. But the angel said to her, in verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37, For with God nothing will be impossible. Well, we know that, right? With God, we know impossible things become possible. But Mary said in verse 38, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The angel started this whole conversation by saying, Mary, the Lord's with you. But the question, what are we asking? We know he's with us. Are we with him? The moment she said these words, you ready? Be it unto me according to your word. That's the moment she was with God. God was with her. Oh, we knew that. But this is the moment she got with him. Now, one of the things the angel said to her, you see it, I think, here in Luke, maybe in Matthew, said, you're going to have this baby, and he'll be called Emmanuel. Who knows what that means? Come on, shout it. God with us. God with us. So because of that fact alone, because we've been given Jesus, I could stand here right now and say with as much confidence to you the exact same thing that the angel said to Mary. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. I can say that to you. Now, the angel wasn't going around house to house and down, down the whole street just knocking on doors. Rejoice, the Lord is with you. Rejoice, the Lord is with you. That hadn't happened yet. But we have been given Emmanuel. Jesus, the Lord, is with us, which is why I can say to you, rejoice, church. You're highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Why don't you say it? I'm highly favored, and the Lord is with me. 
Say it again. I'm highly favored, and the Lord is with me. I'm declaring this over you in the coming year. You are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. This is what you've got to be saying every time you look at something that looks impossible, too big, too strong, too bad, too expensive. What do you do? Rejoice! I'm highly favored, and the Lord is with me. He's with you, but what's the question? Are you with him? Are you with him? So how do we get with him on this? We know he's with us. He gave us Jesus to prove it. That's what this Christmas time is all about. I'm with you. But man, our understanding of that has been way too shallow. Oh, the Lord is with us. What does that even mean? Well, you know, he, he came here and he's here and we're here. So, you know, he's with us. Well, what would it mean to you if I said, I'm with you on that? Yeah, I mean, it could mean, you know, I'm with you. We're going to ride in the car together downtown, whatever. But if there's something going on and, and, and there's a difficult situation and you see it one way and somebody else sees it another way and, and maybe I come along and I'm, I'm that deciding vote, you know, I'm that third, that third vote and, and, and we're going to go whichever way the majority rules. What if I come to you and I say, you know what? I'm with you on that. What does that mean? I believe you. I'm for you. I'm on your side in this. I see it the way you see it. We've got a God that said, I'm with you. I'm with you. But the deciding vote is not just him being with you. It's you being with him. How do we do that? Because it's easy to, to make believe that we are. It's easy to pretend, oh yeah, I'm with you. How did Mary do it? Be it unto me according to your word. Man, it's so simple. How do you get with God in the middle of an impossibility? Be it unto me according to your word. Not according to what the professionals say. Not according to the limits on others' experience. Be it unto me according to your word. Well, I'm sorry to give you this information, but you, you're diagnosed with this, and there's just really nothing we can do about it. Okay? Whose presence are you going to get in on that? As long as you stay in the presence of men, you'll see it the way they see it, and it will be unto you according to their word. But if you will take the time, church, get into the presence of God. Let him change what you see and how you see it. And you come into agreement with him. Be it unto me according to your word. I got growth in mind for you. Be it unto us according to your word. Increase is coming to your business. Be it unto us according to your word. Increase coming to your church family. Be it unto us according to your word. We're with you on this, Lord. We're with you. I'm bringing the finances up to a whole new level in the church and in the families represented in the church. Yeah, but it's a real down economy because I was watching Fox News and they said, okay, fine. Be it unto you according to their word. Why don't you come into the presence of God, though, and let him show you the way he sees it. And when he says, I've got increase 
in mind for you. What do you say? Be it unto me according to your word. When Jesus said to the disciples what he did in Matthew 19, with men it's impossible, with God all things are possible, he was answering a question. A few verses before this, a young man had come running to him and knelt before him and said, good teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And they had a conversation back and forth, and Jesus said, you want to enter into life? You know the commandments. And, and the guy said, which ones? And Jesus talked to him about the commandments, and he's like, yeah, 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 I, I know that. I've done all that. But Jesus, the Bible says, looked at him and loved him. So you know whatever is about to come out of the mouth of Jesus is coming out of a heart of love. He looked at him and he loved him and he said, one thing you lack, go sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and do what? Follow me. Other translations, you know what he said? Come with me. With me. I'm inviting you to be with me. So what's he saying? I'm with you. The only thing left, left is for you to be with me. But what happened? The Bible says this young man who had a lot of stuff, a lot of money, a lot of things, walked away from Jesus, not with him, away from him, because he had great wealth. And after he walked away, Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, how hard it is to get a rich man into the kingdom of God. He said, it's so hard for somebody who trusts in their riches to come into the kingdom. What makes it hard? Well, a rich person, somebody with a lot of stuff, money, wealth, things, they look around and think, well, you know, that needs met, and that needs met, and I got that, and I'm not short on that. What do I need a God for? I'm doing pretty good as my own God. This is what Jesus is saying. It's hard to get somebody to recognize when they've come to the end of their own strength. It's hard to get somebody to admit that. It's so, it's so hard to get somebody to acknowledge that. A prideful person will, will not acknowledge, I've come to the end, Lord. And this guy wouldn't acknowledge it, even though he knew there was a need that he wasn't able to satisfy on his own. But when Jesus said, it is so hard to get a rich man into the kingdom of God, this evidently blew the disciples' mind because they said to him in astonishment, who then can be saved? That was the question. Who can be saved? And the answer to the question was, with men, it's impossible. What's he saying? You can't save yourself. I don't care what kind of physical, mental, or financial strength you think you've got. When it comes to saving you, we're at the end of what you got. And we got there in a hurry. I don't care how much you can bench press. I don't care how many millions or billions are in the bank. I don't care many, how many initials you have behind your name or to what degree your education reaches. When it comes to saving you, we came to the end of all that in a hurry. With men, it's impossible. Who can be saved, Jesus? Well, with men, 
Nobody can. But with God, all things are possible. What was he talking about? He wasn't just talking about, oh, I've got a bad diagnosis and with God it's possible to overcome. And certainly that's true. He wasn't just saying, well, I've got a financial need that looks impossible, but with God all things are possible. And yeah, absolutely, that's true. But he was talking about something much bigger than that, much more eternal. And it was saving yourself. With men, the strength of men, as men see it, you can't do it. But with God, all glory to God. With God, all things are possible. So with God, everybody can be saved. So why isn't everybody saved? Because it's not all up to Him. He's with you on it. Are you with Him? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.